In this recording, we're going to discuss various issues regarding the Torah's prohibition of cooking on Shabbos, the Isser of Bishol, and the case that we'll use to focus in on some of these issues is whether there's a prohibition to cook water. Now, there's going to be various factors within this question, and that will help us go through some of the major questions surrounding the prohibition of Bishol. So the first issue has to do with something that's already edible, even before it was cooked, something which could be eaten raw, like an apple or a banana, if someone then cooks it, is there a prohibition of bishol? And this is going to relate back to the issue of cooking water, which can also be drunk cold. There's no need to heat it up in order to make it edible. So if someone cooks it, does that violate the prohibition of bishol? So the Rambam in Elchus Shabbos Perak Tes Halacha Gimel writes, If somebody cooks a food which was already fully cooked, so this is the principle in Halacha called Ein Bishol Achar Bishol, once something is already cooked, it can't be recooked. So if somebody cooks something which was already cooked, under Halacha they have not violated the prohibition of bishol. But when the Rambam rules on this case, he adds in another case, or a food which does not need to be cooked at all. So it's something which could be eaten as is. It didn't even need to be cooked. So in either of those cases, if somebody cooks a food which was fully cooked or which didn't need to be cooked at all, it's putter. They're exempt and they haven't violated the prohibition of bishol. So now the question is, is the Rambam talking about fruit or something which could be eaten raw when he says that it doesn't need to be cooked at all. So there's some debate about this issue. Reb Kiva Eger in his comments on the Shulchan Aruch Simen Reish Nun Dalet on the Magen Avram Sifkat Yudalid assumes that the Rambam is referring also to a case of cooking fruit. So if someone cooked an apple, since it didn't need to be cooked in order to be eaten, so when they go ahead and cook it, they would not violate the prohibition of Bishol. But Reb Kiva Eger does point out that when the Rambam uses the phrase putter, it does doesn't mean that it's allowed. That would be mutter. So when the Rambam uses the phrase putter, it means something a little more stringent, that it's not allowed, but it's not a violation of Torah law. So it's only a rabbinic prohibition. So according to Reb Kiva Eger, the Rambam is saying that if someone cooks an apple or any fruit which could have been eaten raw, that's not a violation of Torah law because it didn't need to be cooked at all in order to be eaten, but it is rabbinically prohibited. Now, on the other hand, there seems to be a strong school of thought against Reb Kiva Eger. And this is mentioned by the Egle Tal in his discussion of Meleches Ofed, the laws of baking, Sif Yud. And the Mishnah Brura also in the Shar HaTzion in Simen Shin Yud Ches in footnote Kuf Yud Dalid 114. So he also agrees with this approach and he quotes it in the name of the Chida in the Birke Yosef and the Primagadim, the Shulchanar Harav and the Chaye Adam. So there's a group of major poskim who disagree with Reb Kiva Eger's interpretation of the Rambam, and they hold that the Rambam is not referring to cooking fruit. The Rambam is talking about cooking something which does not benefit in any way whatsoever from being cooked. So for example, the Magid Mishnah in his commentary on the Rambam quotes from the Gemara that the example of this would be like oil. Cooking oil does not add in any way to the oil, so that would be exempt Mida Oraisa on Shabbos. It's only rabbinically prohibited 
prohibited. But something like a cooked apple, which does get better when it's cooked. So even though it could be eaten raw, but when it's cooked, it has a better flavor. So that would be prohibited mida oraisa, according to the Mishnah Brura and the Egletal in the reading of the Rambam. So basically, there's a debate how to interpret this Rambam when he says that something which doesn't need to be cooked and then is cooked on Shabbos is exempt mida oraisa. It's only rabbinically prohibited. Is he talking about something like an apple, which could be eaten raw? So if that's cooked, it's not a oraisa violation, only draw banan. Or is he talking about something like oil, which doesn't get any better when it's cooked? Whereas an apple, even though it doesn't need to be cooked, it does get better when it's cooked. So that would be a violation de oraisa. So according to Reb Kiva Eger, cooking an apple on Shabbos is only a rabbinic prohibition. According to the Egle Tal and the Mishnah Brura, who's quoting the Chidah, the Primagadim, the Shulchan Aruch Harab, and the Chaye Adam, according to that whole school of thought, cooking apples on Shabbos would be a violation of a de'oraisa. Now, the Mishnah Brewer points out that the Shulchan Arach in his discussion in Simen Reish Nun Dalid, Sif Dalid, when he refers to cooking fruit on Shabbos, so he seems to indicate the simple reading is that it's a de'oraisa violation. So that would again be in line with the Mishnah Brewer's understanding of it. Now, there is another attempt from the Radvaz to say that cooking fruit would not be a de'oraisa violation. And this is based on on what's called in halacha kemachal ben drusai. So what this means is that ben drusai was a thief in the olden days, so he never had a moment's peace to just sit and cook his food properly, so he would cook it the bare minimum to make it edible. So what that was is a debate. According to Rashi, it's a third of the cooking. According to the Rambam, it's a half. But either way, it's a minimal measurement of what's considered sufficient to make the food edible. No one would want to eat it at at that point because it's not even what we would call rare. Even people who like their meat rare, this is less than that. There might be a small percentage of people who like their food that rare, but most people intend to cook it much more than that. So this is a measurement of what the bare minimum amount of cooking that would make the food edible. And once it's machal ben drusai, so that changes its status in halacha. Now the issue is when does the leniency of ein bishel achar bishel that cooking previously cooked food is exempt, when does that kick in? Does the food have to have been fully cooked beforehand or does it just need to be minimally cooked? So this is a debate between the Rambam that we referenced earlier in Shabbos Tes Gimel where he writes that in order to apply Ein Bishel Achar Bishel it needs to be cooked kol tsarko. It needs to be fully cooked. But if it's just a little bit cooked, either a third or a half, and then the person cooks it fully on Shabbos, then they would violate the prohibition of Bishel. The Magid Mishnah quotes from the Rashba that he disagrees and he holds that once it's cooked, Kemachal Ben Drusai, it's just a little bit cooked, that's enough to apply the principle of Ein Bishel Achar Bishel. So if someone cooks that minimally cooked food on Shabbos, they do not violate the Torah prohibition of Bishel. So now the Radvaz argued that cooking fruit on Shabbos would not be a violation of Torah law because it's no worse than food which is machal ben drusai. In other words, if we're saying that meat, which is totally inedible when it's raw, if it's minimally cooked, so then there's no more Torah violation to fully cook it on Shabbos. So the same should apply to fruit, which is edible when it's raw. So it's no less than machal ben drusai, this minimally cooked 
cooked meat, and if someone fully cooks it on Shabbos, it should not be a Torah violation. Now again, this would only apply to the Rashba's view that cooking a food which is already minimally cooked, like Machal ben Drusai, is not a Torah prohibition on Shabbos, but according to the Rambam, it is a Torah prohibition, and the Shulchan Arach and Simen Shin Yud Ches Sivdalid rules like the Rambam. So this may not help us very much, but this is the Radvaz's approach to try to argue that cooking fruit on Shabbos is not a Torah prohibition. Now the Chasam Sofer in his comments to the Shulchan Arach Simen Shin Yud Ches Siv Gimel, so he raised a question on this Radvaz because the Gemara talks about violating the prohibition of Bishol for cooking eggs. Now eggs, according to the Gemara, can also be eaten raw. So the Chassam Sofer pointed out that this seems to contradict the Radvaz's idea that something which could be eaten raw is not a Torah violation of cooking because it's no less than Machal ben Drusai, but the Gemara seems to be saying that there is a violation for cooking eggs even though they could be eaten raw. So that's his question on the Radvaz. And then he quotes the Chayadim's approach that we mentioned earlier that only if something is not going to improve at all by being cooked is there no Torah prohibition. But if something is going to be improved like an egg or an apple, then there is a Torah prohibition to cook it, even though it could be eaten raw. So again, that seems to be the consensus of the poskim that cooking fruit, even though it could have been eaten raw, but a cooked apple on Shabbos would be a violation of Torah law. Now, the Minchas Baruch in Simen Chavches quotes a very interesting question from the Chemdas Yisrael that he asked, according to the Radvaz, that there's no Torah violation to cook fruit on Shabbos. So he asked from the case of the mun that fell in the desert for the Jews. So the Torah explicitly says in Shmos Tezayin Chav Gimel, Esasher Tofu Eifu, that anything the Jews want to cook, they need to do before Shabbos. In other words, you were not allowed to cook the mun on Shabbos itself. So he asks that the mun seems to be the equivalent of fruit because it could be eaten raw. There was no need to cook it. And yet the Torah says that any cooking they wanted to do of the mun on Shabbos had to be completed before Shabbos. You were not allowed to do it on Shabbos. So why should there have been a Torah violation to cook the mun if there was no need to cook it and it was able to be eaten raw like fruit? So he answers that there's a difference between fruit versus the mun. The Radvaz is only saying that there's no Torah prohibition to cook, let's say, an apple, where most of the time people eat it raw. They eat it cold. You could, of course, cook it and eat it hot, but most of the time people don't do that. They just eat it as is. So that's where the Radvaz says that cooking it on Shabbos would not be a Torah prohibition. But in the case of the man, let's say the person was making a food which is normal to be eaten cooked. Like let's say they were trying to make a bread out of the man. So that the normal way to eat it is cooked. So that would be a Torah prohibition to cook it on Shabbos. In other words, even though it's able to be eaten raw, but we look at the standard way people eat it. If they standardly eat it uncooked, then it's not a Torah prohibition to cook on Shabbos. If they standardly eat it cooked, then it would be a Torah prohibition to cook on Shabbos. So that's his answer. Now the Minchas Baruch suggests another answer, which is very creative. The Marsha in Yuma Ayin Hamad Aleph, as well as the Malbim in Bamidbar Yud Aleph Dalid, so they both discuss that only for the tzaddik and the most righteous was the man edible as is, it didn't need to be cooked at all. But for other people who weren't on that level, so they did need to cook the man in order for it to be edible. And the Marsha even differentiates between people who were in the middle category, they just needed to cook it, whereas people who were Rishayim, they were actually wicked, so they had to do even more work in order to make the man edible. So each person had to do pre- 
preparation for the man, which was correlated with their spiritual level. And the Malbim also says that people who were wicked had to treat the man like regular physical food that has to be prepared. So that would explain why they had to cook it before Shabbos, because it wasn't like fruit. It actually had to be cooked, and that's why if they cooked it on Shabbos, it would be a Torah prohibition. So that's a very nice answer from the Minchas Baruch to the Chemdas Yisrael's question. So now this discussion about cooking fruit brings us back to the issue of cooking water, because water seems to be the parallel of fruit. It could be drunk cold as is, but if someone warms it up, they might enjoy it more, and there's certain benefits to warming up water. So according to the view of the Mishnah Brura that cooking an apple on Shabbos is a Torah violation, so the same should be true of water. And that's the way he presents it in the Sharat Zion that we mentioned earlier, where he's commenting on the Shulchan Arach and Simen Shin Yod Ches, Sif Yod Dalid. The Shulchan Arach's case is that it's prohibited to warm up water in a way where it may get cooked. So you see that there's a violation of cooking water on Shabbos. And the Ramah adds in that the same applies to fruit or anything which could be eaten raw. So the Ramah is already connecting between these two cases. And just like the Mishnah Brura argued that cooking an apple on Shabbos is a Torah prohibition, so the same would apply to cooking water. Now there is a Magen Avram at the end of Simen Resh Nun Dalid where he discusses the issue of cooking water on Shabbos. And he points out that there's a stringency in the Shulchan Arach's rulings when it comes to cooking water. Because in Simen Reish Nun Dalid, Sif Dalid, the Shulchan Arach rules that it's prohibited to cook fruit on Shabbos. But if you started cooking them on Friday afternoon, even though it was clear that the cooking was going to happen on Shabbos, so there wasn't enough time for the cooking to happen on Friday before Shabbos, that's still allowed. But at the end of Simen Reish Nun Dalid in Sif Tes, he rules that in the same case regarding water, it would be prohibited. So if someone puts up their water urn on Friday afternoon, but there's not enough time for the water to cook on Shabbos, then that could be a problem according to the Shulchan Arach because they're going to be cooking the water on Shabbos. So the Magen Avram wants to know why is water more strict than fruit when it comes to cooking it on Shabbos when the cooking began a little bit on Friday afternoon. So he has two answers. First, he says that raw fruit is better than raw water, meaning there's less of a need to cook fruit than there is a need to warm up the water because the fruit, when it's raw, is pretty good. So cooking it might make it better, but it's still pretty good when it's raw, as opposed to the water, which is really kind of disgusting when it's cold before it's been heated up. Presumably, the Magen Avram is reflecting his reality where the raw water was not that great. Nowadays, of course, when our water is heavily filtered and cleaned, so it's probably much better quality than the Magen Avrams even before it's cooked. So this might not apply to our contemporary water. The second answer the Magen Avram says is that the water in this case is not being used to drink, in which case there would be no extra prohibition on heating it up because it's the same whether it's cold or hot. But this water is for washing, for bathing. So therefore it is much more useful when it's hot. Cold water is not nearly as good for washing as hot water. So this is a significant change in the status of the water by heating it up, much more so than cooking the fruit. But if the water was being used for drinking purposes, so then according to the Magen Avram, there would be no added stringency because it's just as good cold as it is hot. 
So now based on this, the Magen Avram argues that let's say someone is putting water into a pot to heat up on Shabbos, but they don't care about the water. They just want to prevent the pot from cracking. So that would still be prohibited because since they need the water to be hot, it's not for drinking purposes. The very purpose of heating up this water is in order for it to be hot. It can't be done when the water is cold. So that's prohibited to do late on Friday afternoon when it's going to end up heating on Shabbos itself. So the equivalent of that might be a water heater if someone's house is heated up using hot water. So to put water in there on Friday afternoon when it's going to heat up on Shabbos would be prohibited again because the hot water is what's needed. It's not just any water that will do. So now, so far we've established that cooking water on Shabbos would seem to be a Torah prohibition. And furthermore, according to the Magen Avram, if the hot water is better than the cold water, so let's say someone wants to make tea, in which case hot water is better than regular water, or alternatively, if they're using the water for bathing or washing something, not for drinking, so then in those cases, cooking water is even more stringent than cooking fruit or other things which are edible raw, that you can't even start it on Friday and have it complete on Shabbos because what you want is the hot quality of the water. You don't just want the water itself. So now this whole idea that there's a prohibition of cooking water on Shabbos raises the obvious issue of what does it mean to cook water? Generally, when we cook something, it changes the nature of that item. But when you cook water, it doesn't change anything. And if it then cools down, it's exactly the same water. So what gives water the halachic status of having been cooked? So the Minchas Baruch in Simen Lamed Aleph quotes an interesting Prichadash, which is quoted by the Pnei Yoshua in Shabbos Mem Amad Beis. And the Prichadash actually raises the possibility that there is no halachic concept of cooking water, precisely because it doesn't change anything about it. Lo minkar bishulaihu. You can't differentiate between water which has been cooked versus water which has never been cooked, once they're both cool. So the Prichadash argues that maybe there's no such thing as cooking water, and what's prohibited on Shabbos is to warm up the water, meaning that's a parallel prohibition to cooking on Shabbos, that it's also prohibited to warm up water on Shabbos. Now the Prichadash in the end backs off from this idea, and he says that there is a way to cook water, but it's an interesting idea that maybe the prohibition of warming up water on Shabbos is a different concept than cooking on Shabbos. It's a parallel idea which applies to warming up water. Now, on the other hand, there are Rishonim who have a criteria for what it means to cook water. So the Ran, in his commentary on the Rif on Shabbos Chav Bezim Aleph, he quotes from Rabbeinu Yonah that cooking water means that it's boiling. So if the water is boiling, it's considered cooked. But even if it's very hot, but it's not at the point of boiling, it's not considered cooked water. And if someone would heat up that water a little bit more, so it goes from very hot to boiling, then that would violate Shabbos. And likewise, the Ran in his Chidushim on the Gemara, Shabbos Lametesim Beis. so again, he writes that cooking water means that it's evaporating a little bit. So when the water really starts to get hot, it starts to evaporate and that's the point when it's considered cooked. So that's one criteria that when the water is boiling, it's considered cooked. Now, on the other hand, 
the Egle Tal in his discussion of Malachas Ofe, the laws of baking, Sivches. So he suggests a different, more stringent criteria, which is that any water which is heated up, so that becomes an important part of this water, is considered cooked. So let's say someone would use hot water to make tea. That's different than drinking water just because you're thirsty. You might drink tea because it's enjoyable to drink a hot drink. So even though that's not boiling, it's not that hot, but it is hotter than normal, so that increases the benefit of the water. So doing that on Shabbos would be a prohibition of cooking. So according to the egg letal, bringing water, which is room temperature, to the point where it's hot enough to be considered a hot drink would already be a violation of cooking on Shabbos. Now in the end of the Sefer, he actually backtracks from this and he suggests like the Ran that it's not considered cooking water until it's actually boiling. But there are other poskim who side with the original approach of the Egletal that even just hot water, even if it's not boiling, would still be considered cooked at that point. And at the end of Simen Lamed Beis, the Minchas Baruch quotes a number of Achronim who side with this idea of the Egletal. Now when we say that it's hot, it does have a measurement in Halacha, which is Yad Soletisbo, that a hand would burn touching it. And there's some debate what exactly that temperature is. Practically, it's somewhere around 120 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe a little higher than that, but it's somewhere within that general vicinity. So if someone warmed the water up to that level of heat, it would still be considered a violation of Shabbos, even though it's not boiling. So he quotes that that's the approach of the Prima Gadim and the Pnei Yoshua and Reb Kiva Eger, that Yad Soletis bow when a hand would burn, is sufficient to violate the prohibition of cooking water on Shabbos. And as we saw, the Egletal, based on the Ran, has a much higher level of heat, which is necessary to violate the prohibition of cooking water on Shabbos, that it would have to be boiling level. Up until then, it's not considered cooked water. So he quotes that on a practical level, contemporary poskim debate this issue. The Shvisas HaShabbos sides with the view of the Prima Gadim that Yad Soletis Bo, 120 degrees or so, if a hand would burn, is enough to be considered cooked water on Shabbos, whereas the Chazon Ish sides with the Egletal that it's not considered cooked until it's much hotter and the water is boiling. So that's the debate about what's considered cooked water in Halacha and at what point a person violates the prohibition against cooking water on Shabbos. Now the Minchas Baruch raises an interesting question based on this discussion. According to the view that if the water is just hot, even if it's not boiling, that's considered cooked. So what happens if a person takes hot water, so it's about 130 degrees or 140 degrees, it's definitely hot, but then the person raises it to the point where it's now boiling. Is that allowed because it was already considered cooked even when it was at the lower temperature? Or do we not apply this view for a leniency and still raising the water from just hot to boiling would be prohibited? So that's just an interesting idea and he quotes some sort about that. Now there's another interesting issue that he discusses, which is what's considered machal ben drusai, the minimal amount of cooking for water. So we said that when it comes to meat, there's a concept that if it's cooked a third or a half, 
that's considered the bare minimum, even though it's not cooked the way most people would cook it. So do we apply that same idea to water? So he quotes in Simon Lamed Beis that the Shulchan Arach HaRav in Simen Reish Nun Dalet, Sif Yud Dalet, and Tesvav applies the same idea of Machal Ben Drusai to water. So if it's half warmed up, that's already considered cooked in Halacha. And he quotes that the Tehillah Ledavid explains that the Shulchan Arach HaRav means half of what the person intends to warm it up. So if I intend to heat this water up to a level of 150 degrees, then 75 degrees would be considered machal ben drusai, that it's already cooked under halacha. But if I intend to warm it up to 200 degrees, so then it wouldn't be considered half until it gets to 100 degrees. So it depends on how much I intend to heat up the water. And the Mishnah Brura also in the Sharat Sion Simen Reish Nun Dalid footnote Memches 48. So he also applies the concept of ben drusai, the minimum amount of cooking to water also, that once it's half heated up, it's considered cooked. Now, Reb Moshe Feinstein in the Igris Moshe or Achaim Chelek Dalid, Simon Ayin Dalid, in the section on Bishol Oschav Dalid. So he does question this whole notion that you could apply Machal Ben Drusai to water because he points out that a third or a half cooked water is a very low temperature. If someone's trying to get their water to 150 degrees, 50 degrees or 75 degrees even, that's really lukewarm. It's not hot. So how could you consider that cooked water? So Reb Moshe said something very clever. He argued that the measurement of water which burns your hand, that is machal ben drusai of the much hotter water which is boiling. In other words, Rav Moshe is agreeing practically with the views that cooked water in halacha is that it's hot enough to burn your hand. It doesn't need to be boiling. But his whole theory of it is totally different because he holds that the actual cooked water is boiled water. But since we apply the concept of machal ben drusai, that there's a minimum amount of cooking which is considered edible even though it's not fully cooked, so that brings us to the point where the water has to be scalding. So Rab Moshe practically agrees with the view that the water doesn't need to be boiling in order to be considered cooked, even if it's just hot, that's considered cooked in halacha, but his reasoning is totally different. He doesn't think that's fully cooked, he thinks that's machal ben drusai. So this is a very interesting issue. There's two major opinions. One is that cooked water in halacha means that it's boiling. The other is that it's just hot. And then as we saw, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav and the Mishnah Brura both apply the concept of machal ben drusai, that half cooked is considered cooked enough just like it applies to meat, it also applies to water. So using all of this, Reb Moshe comes up with his own approach, which is that hot water is considered cooked because it's the equivalent of machal ben drusai. It's like half cooked with regards to actual boiled water, which is when the water is considered fully cooked. Now, one final very interesting issue is whether we apply the concept of Ein Bishol Achar Bishol to water. So now in general, there's a big debate about whether we apply Ein Bishol Achar Bishol to liquids, like a soup. The Shulchan Aruch holds that the whole principle of Ein Bishol Achar Bishol, you can't recook something which has already been cooked, only applies to solids. But when it comes to a liquid, if the soup was cooked and now it's cooled, so to rewarm it on Shabbos would be a 
violation of Bishol because it's considered cooking. So the Shulchan Aruch holds that only a solid, when it's cooked, it changes the food so that even when it cools down, it remains in its changed state. So if you rewarm it, it's not cooking it all over again. As opposed to a liquid, which even though it was fully cooked, once it cools down, if it's now cooked again, it's going to continue changing that food item. So it's going to continue cooking it. So according to the Shulchan Aruch, you could never warm up a soup on Shabbos morning because it's a liquid and once it cools down, it cannot be reheated. That would be a violation of Bishol. Now there are those who disagree and the Ramah quotes this in Simon Shin Yod Ches Sif Tes Vav that even a soup could be rewarmed because we apply Ein Bishol Achar Bishol even to liquids. And then the Ramah proposes a middle position which is that if the soup totally cooled down so then one should not reheated on Shabbos because of the view that there's no leniency of Ein Bishol Achar Bishol with regards to soup. But if the soup is still somewhat warm from when it was originally cooked, so then you could reheat it on Shabbos. So there's more room for Ashkenazim to be lenient with heating up a soup on Shabbos if it hasn't totally cooled down from when it was cooked. So now the question is, how do we apply this to water? If someone cooked water before Shabbos and they brought it to the point where it was totally boiled, so it was definitely cooked according to halacha. And then it cooled down a little bit, so it's no longer boiling, and it may not even be scalding. Can they reheat that on Shabbos according to the Ramah if it hasn't totally cooled down? Meaning, do we apply the leniency that the Ramah has with regards to reheating soup, which hasn't totally cooled down? Can we apply that also to reheating water, which hasn't totally cooled down? So the Egle Tal that we mentioned earlier says that this issue is going to depend on what it means to cook water. If we take the stringent position that cooking water means heating it up, because now it has uses which go over and above cold water, because people will enjoy it as a hot drink. So if that's the criteria for heating water up on Shabbos, says the Egle Tal, there's another stringency, which is we can never apply the leniency of Ein Bishol Achar Bishol. Because the whole concept of halacha, that you can't recook food which has already been cooked, is based on the idea that the food changes through the process of cooking. So cooking it again is not going to change it again. But water doesn't change. So when you heat it up, it has extra uses over and above regular cold water. But once it cools down, it loses those uses. And it's irrelevant that at one point in time, this water was heated. It doesn't change the nature of the water. So you can't reheat the water on Shabbos based on the idea that it previously was heated. Now, this is a big stringency because what it would mean is, let's say someone had tea that was made before Shabbos or however they made it on Shabbos, and then it cools down a little bit. So it went from being 100 degrees, it was a nice piping hot drink, and now it's only 70 degrees. It hasn't totally cooled off, but it did cool off enough that it's no longer considered hot tea. And now they want to just warm it up a little bit. So let's say they want to put it next to the kettle so it gets a little hotter. That could be a violation of cooking on Shabbos because if we don't apply Ein Bishol Achar Bishol, so then there is a prohibition of cooking 
even though this water has already been cooked. And if we say that the cooking level is just hot, not boiling, so then that would be a prohibition of cooking. And it may even be a prohibition to pour more hot water into that cup in order to warm it up a little bit, because again, you're raising the temperature to the point where it's a violation of cooking. So this is a big stringency, and that's how the egg letal presents it according to the view. Cooking water on Shabbos means making it hot so that it's different from cold water. Now, as we saw, the egg letal himself concludes that cooking on Shabbos means that it's actually boiling. So that's a totally fundamentally different way of understanding what the problem of heating up water on Shabbos is. Because the point is not that you're heating it up so that it has more uses than cold water. The point is that you're actually changing the item by causing it to boil. So according to that approach, the meaning of cooking water is the same. It's parallel to cooking any other food that you have to change the item in some way. So too, the water has to be changed through boiling. If the meaning of cooking water is parallel to cooking any other food, so then we could apply Ein Bishel Achar Bishel. And just like the Ramah said, that if the soup didn't totally cool down, then you could warm it up again on Shabbos. So the same would be true of some hot tea, that if it cools down a little bit, the person could reheat it so long as it hasn't totally cooled down from when it was boiling. So now in the Sefer Piske Chuvis, Simon Shin Yud Ches Oslamid Aleph, he rules practically that contemporary poskim agree with the view that cooked water means that it's boiling. So that would mean we're lenient on this issue that a person hasn't violated Bishel by cooking water until it's really boiling. But just heating it up doesn't violate Bishel. And likewise, if it cools down a little bit, so then we could apply Ein Bishel Achar Bishel and the person could warm it up a little bit. Now the Piskei Chuvis later on in Simen Shin Yurches Os Nun Aleph, so he raises an interesting issue issue, which is the drops that are left over in the cup or the bowl after the person uses it, can they warm up those drops? So let's say I eat soup from a bowl and then I finish and then I want to pour more soup into that bowl. So it's going to heat up the few drops that are already there. So if the bowl had just been cleaned with cold water, so there's cold water drops sitting on the bowl and then I pour the soup into there, so that could be a problem because I'm cooking those drops of water. But says the Piskei Chuvis, if there's soup drops in there, so those drops Drops have already been cooked. And since the whole issue of reheating cooked liquid is a debate, so we could rely on the leniency of Ein Bishel Achar Bishel even for liquids, even though in general we don't do that. But for this case, we could be lenient. So if a person has a little bit of leftover drops of soup in their bowl, they could pour hot soup into the bowl, even though it will reheat those drops. But what about if there's water which has previously been cooked, it was boiled boiling, and now it cooled down and it's sitting in the bowl or the cup. So let's say someone made tea with water which was boiling, but now they drank the tea, so the drops in there have cooled down a lot. Can they put more hot water into that cup, or is it going to be a problem because they're heating up the water drops that are left in that cup? So this is going to depend on whether we apply 
Chai Ein Bishol Achar Bishol to water. So as we said, according to the view that cooking water means heating it up, then one should probably be strict on this question because by pouring the new hot water into the cup, they're going to heat up the drops in there, which is a problem. On the other hand, since we hold that the definition of cooking water means that it's boiling, so therefore we apply the rules of Ein Bishol Achar Bishol, and if those drops are still lukewarm from having been boiled, so then it seems like it would be okay to pour new water in there even though you're heating it up, and even if they've already totally cooled down, so if it's not going to get hot enough that it's going to be boiling, it's just going to be warmed up, so then again there would be room to be lenient. So there are a lot of leniencies which follow from the idea that the definition of cooking water means that it has to boil, not just that it gets hotter.